What is up? DGAFers. All right. This episode goes out to all of our fellow binge eaters, overeaters, those who obsess about their body weight and their body size, pant size, don't really love the way you look. We are recording this episode for you because A, we have been there. We have been, we have struggled with binge eating. We've struggled with overeating. We've struggled with negative body image. And we want to talk to you about a way to heal all of that. Yes. So this process is called intuitive eating. And basically what that is, it's a non-dieting approach. So you're giving up dieting, which I know sounds scary. We're going to talk about that a lot in this episode, but it's a non-dieting approach to eating that heals your relationship with food and with your body. So Lauren and I stumbled, really stumbled upon intuitive eating um, kind of by accident because we both had had our kids. My daughter's five months old. Her son is seven months old. And, you know, six weeks postpartum, we were like, okay, let's get our pre-baby bodies back. Like, so anyway, we're like, we're going to, we're going to get our bodies back. We started our diets. We started our meal plans and couldn't do it. We're like, but for me, it was like, but I'm actually like cool with the way my body is right now. Like, I don't feel the need to shrink back into the pants that I have in my closet, even if they don't fit me. Like, I just want to buy clothes that fit me right now because I kind of like my body. I don't care. Yes. And she was the same way. Well, I was kind of different. I will say mm-hmm. I wasn't really okay True. with my body at the time. Um, this was my second kid and a C-section and I was still real. I'm still, you know, my body's still kind of C-section-y. <laughs> Um, things really good forever, but it's totally fine. Um, I was struggling with a lot of body image, but there was also that trigger, that voice in my head where it was like, I just can't do this again because I know that when I diet, I go to the extreme and then I'm like mentally screwed up and I can't be present. I can't focus. I have all these rules. I get very like militant with my eating and I am so unhappy. And so I'm like, I don't even care right now that I am not like super happy with the way my body was looking. I can't diet. Mm -hmm. Done. Can't do it. What do I need to do now? Yeah. (laughs) So that's actually how we stumbled upon intuitive eating. And since finding that process, we have fallen absolutely in love with it because it's taken those food rules away it's, we don't binge, we don't restrict, we, we don't have these crazy food rules anymore. It's absolutely amazing. So what we want to do is really use this podcast episode as a way to introduce all 10 intuitive eating principles to you. Because a lot of times people hear intuitive eating and they hear that it's about, you know, trusting your body around food and, and, you know, bridging the gap between dieting and and eating intuitively. And they're like, okay, but you're just going to, I would just eat donuts all day, or I would just eat crap all day long. And we really want to educate you on the process behind it because there's so much that goes into it. So whether or not you feel like, you know, intuitive eating, um, you're going to want to listen to this episode because I know we've had conversations with people behind the scenes who are really embracing the whole movement of canceling diet culture and really being about trusting and loving their bodies, but are struggling to eat intuitively because they're not going through and working through the 10 principles. So that's why we have this episode. Yes. So we want to encourage you to listen to the full episode. 
Also, we want you to grab our free download if you haven't yet. So it's called Ditch the Diet. It's a free guide that we created. It gives you the basics of intuitive eating. It talks through the 10 principles, but it also has a a quick quiz in there that's going to tell you how awake your intuitive eater is. So like, you know, are you already eating intuitively or do you have some areas in which you need to to do some work? Um, But the best part of that is once you opt in and grab that freebie, You're going to be hearing from us via email every single week in your inbox, and we're going to educate you behind the scenes on intuitive eating, on all these steps, on the process, on the stages, so much, so much. And you can respond to every single email we send, and the two of us will get back to you personally. So we can have that relationship behind the scenes. Yes. And exciting, exciting news. We are actually developing a full-blown comprehensive course on intuitive eating and how to get you from hitting diet bottom to that really true awakened intuitive eater where you trust your body with food. Uh, We are coming out with that this summer. So we can really help guide you through that. I think that's going to help so many people um, get from point A to point B and not feel like super overwhelmed um, and have a nice community to lean on. Yeah, I think so too. And it's going to focus a lot on healing from diet culture, healing from all the dieting that you've done and unlearning a lot of the things that you've learned throughout your whole life. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Welcome to the Demand Growth Act Fearlessly podcast brought to you by Lauren Mayer and Jenna Lockhart. You guys, we are just two average girls who realize that the only way to truly live an exceptional life was to fight through our fears and never give up on our dreams. So when you hang with us, you're going to hear it all. The good, the bad, the the ugly, and everything in between. As our loyal listeners, you're going to be known as a DGAFer, like don't give a or get it. (laughs) Oh, But really, we want you to think about this because you're one of two types. You're either a DGAFer who doesn't realize the importance of living a life of growth or change, or you're a DGAFer who doesn't give a what it takes to reach your goals. Our hope is that we can turn you into the latter if you're not already there. We wanted to record a full episode doing a deep dive into the 10 principles of intuitive eating because as we've been having conversations behind the scene, a lot of people are either trying to do intuitive eating on their own or they are telling us like, oh yeah, well, I am an intuitive eater, but not a lot of people are familiar with the 10 principles and to really be an intuitive eater you have to work your way through all 10 of these steps. Yes. And there's a lot of misconceptions out there about intuitive eating. And a lot of those misconceptions come from people not understanding the bones of intuitive eating, which would be the 10 principles. We're like, oh my God, we have to record a podcast on this. We're also going to be posting a ton of information on our social media page. We're also going to be educating behind the scenes in our email series. So if you haven't grabbed our free download yet, called Ditch the Diet, The First Steps to Intuitive Eating, Um, make sure you do so because not only are we going to educate you on the 10 principles here, we're going to do a deeper dive within the email series and make sure you're following us at fit.and.social so you can get the fun side of the principles. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And, you know, ditching the diet is really the first step. We're going to dig into the principles here in a second. But you, you know, a lot of people think, okay, well, I'm just going to ditch dieting. Like I'm cool. No more diets. And then I'm just going to be an intuitive eater. 
And the problem with that mentality is there's all this gray area and Mm -hmm. it's not so black and white. The gray area is the time it's going to take you to heal from dieting, from all the crap that you have have been told your whole life about Mm -hmm. food and, and nutrition and workouts and all of that that stuff isn't so black and white to just let go. Mm-hmm. Well, we want to there when you do dive into intuitive eating um, and get into the intuitive eating community. And if you decide to read the intuitive eating book or do the workbook or um, join our course, it's going to be coming out here pretty soon. One thing you have to get familiar with is this saying intuitive eating is living in the gray. Mm-hmm. Okay. Diet culture wants you to believe that you can live in black and white meaning this food's good, this food's bad, this is skinny, or skinny is pretty, fat is ugly. Like it's so black and white in diet culture, and it has to be for them to be able to sell their products. Right. Um, But when you get into intuitive eating, there's a lot of gray area, and it's not so black and white. We can do a whole podcast episode on living in the gray. We'll educate more so on that um, on our social media as well. But I really want to get into um, kind of the – what she said, when people think that they just stop dieting and then go into intuitive eating is, you guys, it depends on how, um, part of my language, how fucked up mm-hmm. diet culture has been to your mentality. And if like for us, we've been dieting since what, 13, 14 years old. Yeah. So for us, when we started our intuitive eating journey to believe that, oh, yeah, diets are stupid. I get it. Yeah, that's we shouldn't do that anymore. To thinking that we can just jump into like eating unconditionally, giving ourselves unconditional permission to eat and not feeling guilty anymore. Oh yeah, I I don't feel guilty anymore is ridiculous because all of that haunting, daunting rules and things that diet culture puts on you is going to come up and smack you in the face on a daily basis when you're trying to go through intuitive eating journey. And there's nothing wrong with you when that happens, but we want to stress that you have to heal. You have to heal from diet culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of leads into our first principle of intuitive eating. So there's 10 of them, like we said. Um, and the first one is called reject the diet mentality. So in order for somebody to even give intuitive eating a, a go, they have to let go of ever going on a diet ever again. Yeah. Yep. And we call that hitting diet bottom. So you have to be cool with like, okay, I'm done dieting, not doing it again. I'm not going to fall for the next flashy thing or the next thing that shows up on my social media feed or into my inbox. Like I'm done. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, this is where we've been doing a ton of educating behind the scenes through our email series too. You have to understand the issues that dieting causes. So, you know, it leads to weight gain, which is very surprising, I think, um, because there's so many studies on this and we've done a few podcast episodes on this. But when you restrict foods, it over time ends up causing weight gain. It causes you to overeat. It causes disordered eating. It causes eating disorders. We also should do a podcast on the difference between disordered eating and eating disorders. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think too, like just overall unhappiness. Mm -hmm. And that right there is something for us, me, especially when we were going through, through trying to unlearn all of this and, and, you know, trying to convince myself dieting was the answer. Like I felt so screwed up. I felt like there was something wrong with me because I was never happy. And I know Mm -hmm. Lauren, you can relate to that too. It's Mm -hmm. like, 
well, wait, I thought going on this diet and losing this weight was going to be the answer. And all of a sudden, like, I'm miserable because all these rules are in my head and I feel guilty when I go out with my friends and I don't want to do date night with my husband. I want to hold myself away in my house and eat vegetables and grilled chicken because I'm so petrified to gain weight. Mm -hmm. And there's this, um, <laughs> there's something that really resonated with me when we, we did post, um, a reel. I did Lauren, and it was talking about a diet called Noom. I'm sure you may have heard of it. And somebody commented, it was about why Noom is just another restrictive diet. Go check it out. Read the red flags that I put there. But somebody commented that they've never been happier when mm. they did Noom. And I challenged that person. I don't know if they're listening or not, but I challenged that person to um, think more long-term than short-term because dieting is like a drug. That's something also that you need to understand when you're rejecting the diet mentality is that literally diets cause this like endorphin rush when you go to start a diet like oh my life's gonna be so much better i'm gonna lose all this weight i'm gonna be the hottest person on the block i'm gonna get all these these boys to line up i like people are gonna start respecting me and my clothes are gonna be awesome like you get this like false um view of what your life's gonna be like when you're when you go on this diet so you get all pumped up and hyped for it. And yeah, when you lose the weight and when you accomplish, if you get to that point and you accomplish those things, I'm sure you're happy because you have mm -hmm. actually hit a milestone. And that's the ticket to happiness is setting goals in life and hitting them. But like when, once you do, are you going to continually be happy once that goal is met? Right. And the answer to that, that you have to understand is no, because you have to restrict for the rest of your life. Yeah. And you cannot be happy when you have rules that are telling you you can't have this because you're going to be ugly and fat if you eat it. You can't have this because it's going to be detrimental to your health. And you can't live a life like that and be happy. Yeah. It just doesn't work. It doesn't. And there's no diet on the planet that isn't restrictive. Zero. Zero diets. I want to point that out. If a company or product or whatever it is is saying, hey, this is a non-restrictive diet. Trust us. You're not going to feel. They are lying. There is no way somebody can make a diet without restricting something. Hear that again. There is no way somebody can create a diet that does you, you have to restrict in some way, shape, or form, whether that's calories, whether that's treats, whether that's alcohol, whether that's carbs, like you're gonna restrict something. Yep. Yep. And I think back to like our beach body coaching days. I mean, at that point, we were pretty brainwashed. And oh, we, hardcore. Hardcore. And we swore that that wasn't restrictive and it, it was different and it was a lifestyle change. And looking back, I mean, we did a whole podcast episode on this too. I mean, that screwed me up more than anything mm -hmm. because I was making these lifestyle changes that weren't lifestyle changes. I couldn't no. do them for life. And it made me feel worse about myself. Whenever you're restricting portion sizes, I mean, that was the nutrition plan we were on was like, oh, you can eat all the food groups. That's the trick that they do, um, at least for this diet. Oh, you're allowed to eat all the food groups, but only eat a centimeter of a fat yeah. <laughs> and only have a teaspoon of peanut butter. That's still restrictive. And two, and two, um, it was like a healthy, healthy swaps were kind of like the big in, thing. That was the big thing with Beachbody was like, oh, well, sure, you can have a brownie, but it has to be made with chickpeas. Like, I don't want a fucking chickpea brownie. If I'm gonna eat a brownie, I right. want a fucking brownie. Right. Or they they make you scared of regular desserts. Right. Like you're almost like, oh, they're the devil. Yeah. I have to have my chickpea brownie and my, mm -hmm. I don't even know, all that cardboard 
bullshit. Yeah. Like, mm, nope. If I'm going to eat a brownie, I'm going to eat a good real one. Yeah. So, okay. Bye-bye. We're getting off on a tangent yes, because we clearly we have hit diet bottom and we are done. Yes. We want you to hit it too. Um, but that is the, the first principle is reject the diet mentality. Admit to yourself diets cause more harm than good in the long run. And that's going to keep you disconnected from your internal cues. So we're talking hunger cues, fullness cues. You mm-hmm. have, you're so disconnected because you're so attached to these rules. Yes. And somebody's telling you how to eat. Mm-hmm. So that leads us into principle number two, which is honor your hunger. Okay. So when you're dieting, you have a hard time of honoring your hunger because you are muting your ability to listen to your body. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what happens when you diet. So when you aren't dieting and you're going down the intuitive eating path, we are going to teach you, or if you read the intuitive eating books, going to teach you how to honor your hunger and understand what it feels like to be certain, I guess, certain levels of hunger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We actually have, if you, uh, once you're opted into our email series, you are going to get a hunger scale. We send this out like a rating scale and it explains a ton more about this. And we have some activities that go along with it. So that's pretty cool if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, you know, me, for me personally, I was petrified to let myself get hungry. Me too. I, I was so scared of hunger. I would pack food everywhere I went because I didn't trust that I could get food. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be hungry and I didn't want to have to like get food on the run. And, and heaven forbid, I didn't have carrot sticks or an apple or a cheese stick or something with me, a, a protein shake. Like mm-hmm. I needed food with me at all times. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if like packing food is bad. I wouldn't say that that's like a habit that is bad. No. But if you're afraid of being hunger because your diet, like, so for example, when we were on the beach body, um, portion, whatever diet, I was always hungry, probably like within 45 minutes, 30 minutes after I ate my meal. Cause the meals were really, really tiny, even though they tell you that they're not, they are because it's literally just vegetables basically. And so, um, I would always be starving like 45 minutes later. And in my head, I was just counting down the minutes until I could have my next meal. And so I would space my meals out in a way that I could be eating all day because I knew the food that I was eating was not going to fill me up, which should have been a red flag, but it wasn't. Right. Um, So if you're afraid of hunger because your diet is making you starving all the time, there's another red flag. You should get off the diet. So we're going to help you get back or principle two is going to help you get back in touch with your um, hunger cues and really know what it feels like to be ravenous. What does it feel like to be slightly hungry and really making a decision on what feels the best for you and when should you be eating? Um, and like I said, a lot of times diets are going to kind of mute that. And so you might not be able to really like be able to listen to those signals at first. It's something that you have to practice. Yep. Principle three, this one was tough for me. Um, we're really still working through this. This is a hard one. And this is why we say, this is not like a linear, like okay, I'm going to stop dieting and I'm all of a sudden I wake up on Tuesday and I'm an intuitive eater. Like, no, no, you got some work to do, sister. (laughs) Uh, So principle three is make peace with food. And this is basically just giving yourself unconditional permission to eat all foods. And the, the key word there is unconditional. No guilt, no shame, no nothing. You just eat it. No, like, well, I can only have dessert if I do another workout or no, I'm not going to have a glass of wine this week. I only have wine on Fridays. Yeah. Or I can only have one of these cookies. I'm only going to have one piece of pizza. I'll fill up on salad first. Like you don't have 
any conditions around what you're eating, mm-hmm. you are so in tune with your hunger cues and your fullness cues that you are just eating. Yes. And there's also an activity that we will be giving in our email series as well to help just give you an idea of the first steps to making peace with food. There's a lot more to it than just this one thing. But um, I actually did the activity and you have to write down like all the foods that you have restricted and don't really let yourself have. Um, It's it's not like you don't let yourself have unconditional permission to eat it basically. So like, for example, brownies, like that's probably a popular food that people don't Mm -hmm. let themselves have unconditionally. Mine was, right? Mine's chicken fingers. Chicken fingers. Yeah, mine was hot dogs. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but we'll do a more relatable one, which is probably brownies. Um, <laughs> but so like, basically the gist is that you let yourself eat that food. Um, and we're going to really dive into more. So it's called the habituation effect. And it's when you like have this food available all the time and you're allowed to eat it whenever you want, it actually loses its like power over you. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of the activity with making peace with food. There's a lot that goes into making peace with food. So don't think it's like that simple and that easy. Um, But it's really just eating the foods that you have not let yourself eat. And that can be the scariest thing for people. Yeah. Yeah. So scary. It really can because, and it's when you've labeled foods as good versus bad. Mm -hmm. So these are all your bad foods, your forbidden foods that you don't let yourself keep in the house because you're afraid you can't control yourself around them. And now we're saying, go get them, go eat them, go buy them and go eat them. And that that's where that gray area comes in to play because it's not black and white. Well, I want to mention one last thing before we move on to the next principle. Some foods, shockingly enough, will be pretty easy to make peace with. I want to like give you some glimmer of hope. Like chips was one thing that I thought I could legit never make peace with because chips I could never buy. Like that was a thing like camping my house or I'll eat the entire bag in four seconds. And so that was the first food I made peace with was chips. And I like chips still. I have had a bag of chips in this house for probably like three weeks and it's not even halfway gone. I just eat them every now and then, like when I feel like it, but like you guys, it didn't take me long to make peace with it. Cause I went kind of nuts at first and ate chips with like every meal. I'll be honest. And then they started tasting not that great. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I don't really want this right now. That, that happened to me with Oreos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like even yesterday, Lauren came over, we were working in my house and I got the Oreos out and I had three and I looked at her and I was like, dude, it's kind of sad. Like I really only want three Oreos now. And I'm I, like, the fourth one doesn't taste that good. Mm-hmm. And you even said, you're like, doesn't it taste kind of salty? It tastes salty after it, you eat like three or four of them. It does. <laughs> it's so weird. But before I could plow through two sleeves of them and mm-hmm. it was no big deal. And it was because I, I was restricting them so hardcore that I wasn't even enjoying them when I was eating them. Yeah. I was just plowing them down. So some foods might take you longer than others, but you got to make peace with them. Okay. Principle four. Challenge the food police. This is a big mindset one mm-hmm. because you have to you have to think about the media and things that you've been been told through different diets and things like that. But also a huge part of this is challenging the beliefs that you grew up with. And you know, I think we all can look back and have someone in our, our lives who restricted food mm-hmm. while we were growing up or was always jumping from diet to diet to diet to diet. And it's it's really hard when that gets ingrained in you because you think that's what you need to do too. Yeah. And for example, maybe so some beliefs that you might have that some people could have um, would be like white flour is the devil. Like um, chocolate makes you fat. Um, what are some other ones that you can think oh, of? Oh, gosh. 
I don't know. You just put me on the spot. <laughs> no, now I can't think of any, but there's a shitload. There's so many. There's so many. Like you can't eat past 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to eat your salad before you eat anything else. Only fruit in the morning. My mom's friend. Oh, I hope she doesn't listen to this. At work. Um, oh, her yeah. daughter's a dietitian. I don't know if she's a dietitian. Maybe I shouldn't say that. I think she's like a fitness person of some sort. I don't okay. Personal trainer or something. And her mom listens to any, everything that this girl says. And her mom will not eat fruit afternoon. Well, it's, she says it's horrible for you. you you're going to gain so much weight. You can't eat. My mom ate a banana at like four. Like, and she's like, <gasps> and you're eating the whole thing. Oh, oh my God. That was another thing. Eating half the banana. Oh yeah. My mom's like, wait, what? Like you don't eat fruit past noon. Yeah. She's like, oh no, that's not good for you. I'm like, oh God. Like that is yeah. the worst advice you could ever have. But like that. That's like challenging the rules, the crazy belief systems you've grown up with around food. Like we got to challenge those. And so whenever a thought like that comes in your head, there's some activities that um, we'll walk you through probably within our um, email series, but definitely in our course that we're going to be developing on how to kind of rewire those beliefs and catch them mm-hmm. when they come and how to like, be like, this is crazy. This isn't true. And yeah. move on with your life. That's uh, the clean plate club mm. comes into play mm-hmm. in this too. If you've grown up with the belief that like, you know, you're not leaving the table until your dinner plates clear yes. like, things like that. Yep. All right. Principle number five is feel your fullness. So this is again, kind of like feeling your hunger cues, but this time you're feeling your fullness cues. So you're getting in touch with your body and you're listening to it to tell you that you're comfortably full. Mm -hmm. So you're not overeating into the point where you're like feeling sick. Mm -hmm. You're really learning what feels pleasant to you. And this actually was a little difficult for me um, at first because I'm a part of the clean plate club and I don't think I'm a part of it because my parents made me eat it. My dad, my poor dad, my sweet dad eats food in like four seconds. Um, and like, I'm not kidding. You could have a plate of spaghetti the size of Texas and he will eat it in four seconds. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. and that must be a belief for something that he had where food wasn't readily available all the time. So he had to scarf it down. That's just my guess. Um, so I've kind of learned that from him. I eat my food very, very, very fast. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I feel like I need to clean my plate. I just do because I eat so fast. Yeah. So that's something I had to work on was really slowing that down. And so I could actually feel my fullness. So if you're a quick, fast eater like me, you're probably not feeling your fullness because you're not giving yourself a second to breathe. Right. Or maybe you're distracted. That's another yes. part of this principle too. If you're you're on your phone or watching TV or sometimes even having conversations, like whatever you have that's distracting you from eating just be aware of that. Yes. And try to eat food, um, not distracted. I know there's times where it's like, you can't, but if you have the option to either sit in front of a TV and eat or sit at your dining room table, like try to pick the non-distracted because then you're going to actually be able to feel your fullness more and eat what's going to satisfy you the best and give you the most energy throughout the day and feel good. Yep, definitely. Um, another part of this principle I want to throw in is feeling pressure to bond with people over food and like, you know, Perfect example. Yesterday, Lauren came over to work and she was hungry. Actually, I was hungry first. Mm-hmm. She wasn't. Yep. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to heat up some soup. We had wedding soup. So I heated that up, ate it. And like 45 minutes later, she's like, oh, I think I'm, I'm getting hungry. I'm going to get Chipotle. Do you want anything? And I'm like, actually, no, yeah. no, I'm not hungry right now. I don't want Chipotle. Like I know if I eat it, I'm going to feel sick. But I just thought it was very interesting because typically 
I would have ordered Chipotle with her or mm-hmm. she would have eaten the soup with me. Like we didn't want to eat alone. Mm-hmm. So it's just something to be very aware of. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Principle six is discover the satisfaction factor. This actually is my favorite principle because I'm a foodie and I literally, you guys, I don't know if there's a food I don't like. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's foods that I prefer over others, but I'm pretty sure I could eat everything on this planet. I don't know. I haven't done any bizarre foods yet, but I really liked this because this is all about enjoying food, like enjoying the pleasure that comes with eating and diets. A lot of the times, actually all the time, take the pleasure out because you're either eating foods that you don't really enjoy. Mm -hmm. You're eating an environment that you don't really enjoy and you're really starving or like you're not in a good state. You're not in like a pleasant hunger state. So you're not satisfied most of the time. Well, and I feel like diets guilt you into feeling shame if food excites you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like because we talk so much about emotional eating and with intuitive eating it really emotional eating is not a bad thing right like there's we'll get into the a principle where it's like deal with your emotion emotions in a different way other than food but like emotional eating is not you sitting down and like loving the presentation and just drooling and loving the food and just like that's not emotional eating. I think people think it is like if they're sitting down to like a plate of food and they're like, Oh, this looks amazing. And they're just like in love with it. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh, that's like emotional. Yeah. I should like not foods, just fuel foods, Food fuel, fuel. And that's all it is for me. No, it isn't. Do you know how many times I said, Oh, I said that all the time. I use it as a stupid hashtag all the fucking time. Yeah. yeah. Food is fuel. Yes. But it also is pleasurable and awesome and should be enjoyed. It should taste fucking good. Right. And it should look good. Yeah. So there's a lot of pieces and parts that go into how to discover the satisfaction factor. We'll tell you about it in our email series because there's literally so much. Yes. And so we'll be much. we'll be teaching and guiding you through this in our course that's coming out as well. Yep. Okay. Principle seven. This is what I was just talking about. Yep. Cope with your emotions with kindness, a.k.a. find another way to process your emotions other than with food. Yes. I love intuitive eating too when they talk about... Um, you don't always have to be in your emotions. Okay. So I feel like sometimes people are like, just feel it. Always just feel your emotions. You know what? Sometimes I don't want to fucking feel my emotions. Okay. But let's not numb them with food. If there's times where you don't want to deal with your emotions for whatever reason, like find a healthier distraction, um, to, to kind of cope with those. But also a lot of the times when we are, um, emotionally, eating, whatever, air quotes, um, when you're eating food to numb a feeling. Like stress. is Stress or, you know, any type of sadness or whatever. Um, it's because our basic needs aren't being met. Mm-hmm. And when we say basic needs, like you need to be sleeping. You need to be um, like drinking water. I feel like you need to have um, a good relationship with like yourself and your friends. You should have a home that like you feel safe in your environment. Like if some of those things are getting ripped out from underneath of you, it causes you to eat, to numb some pains. Like if you have a really awful breakup with somebody like, Oh God, like you might lean on food. Or if your house all of a sudden goes up in flames and you don't have a home to live in anymore, holy shit. Like our basic needs need to really be met in order for us to be able to find other distractions to cope Mm -hmm. with our emotions. So really think about your, your situation and are your basic needs being met? Yeah. And that's really the, the, one of the main steps in coping with your emotions is identifying those triggers. Like mm-hmm. what is triggering you to overeat 
And then can you replace it with something different? Yes. Yeah, something like, like even watching TV I mean, could be a good distraction yeah, yeah. or going on a walk or calling a friend. Those are just some, some examples to, to do other than eat. Yep. Principle eight is respect your body. And I love this one in terms of your genetic blueprint. Mm -hmm. um, they give an example about your shoe size versus your pant size. So if you are wearing a size eight and a half shoe, and let's say like, you know, you, you go shoe shopping, you would never be pissed that a size six doesn't fit you. No, no, like, absolutely not. I don't go shopping in the size six shoe department. No, don't even look at it. No, they just walk right past it. But for whatever reason, when it comes to pant sizes, we like freak out if we can't buy the uh, size whatever pants that mm -hmm. we think we should fit into. Mm -hmm. We don't do that about our feet. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And think about it. Some people's build up, actually build of their bodies, I meant to say, <laughs> um, like aren't, is never going to fit in a size two or four, no matter how much you diet. Like, it's just the way that your bones are. It's just the way that you're structured. It's just the way that you're built. And it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. So this is where, you know, we talk a lot about comparison and just being okay with you the mm -hmm. way that you are. A um, lot of self-love, a lot of compassion needs to go. Mm -hmm. So how are this. you, how are you speaking to yourself? And here's an example, something that I had to really work through with this is I've been always very critical of my body. And I noticed that when I am going to get into the shower, a little TMI. So when I'm like, completely undressed and I'm about to go in the shower, I would look in the mirror and I would pit, sit there and like grab my stomach, grab my back, pick it apart. Oh, I should lose weight here. And I start going insane. So that I actually, for a little while, had to stop looking at myself in the mirror mm -hmm. before I got in the shower. Not that I was disgusted with looking at myself. It was more so like if I, I don't want to think these things and I don't think these things when I'm not doing that. So that was one situation where I stopped looking in the mirror before I got in the shower and it really helped. Mm -hmm. It really, really did. Cause I stopped like ripping myself to complete shreds. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great tip. Um, also another, another idea here is to get clothes that really fit you and are comfy and are comfy. The things that you feel confident in, it doesn't matter what size it is. And we experienced this over the, the weekend because we actually did a photo shoot, um, just to, to rebrand our whole website and everything in preparation for our, our course launching this summer. And we were trying on all these outfits and trying to figure out what we wanted to wear. And like some things we felt amazing in and some things we were like, what the hell? Oh God. Like it was just very eye opening to come at it from that perspective, because there are things that I would never want to wear anywhere. Right. right. But then you put something else on and you feel like a goddess. You look amazing. Yeah. And you feel amazing. And you so feel amazing. It's just something that we really want you to be aware of as well, because if you have an outfit that you don't feel good in, don't wear it. Go get a new one. Please. please All right. Please, please. Principle nine, exercise, feel the difference. So this is where we're talking about moving intuitively and exercising intuitively. So that's where I have, I, I still have a lot of work to do mm -hmm. at this point with mm -hmm. this one, because I've just been doing like the latest beach body workout mm -hmm. for honestly the last probably five years. Mm -hmm. And I'm in physical therapy right now for ab separation and prolapse from having my daughter and all kinds of things. Um, and my physical therapist was asking me, she's like, well, what, what do you like to do? What workouts are you going to do? And I looked at her, I'm like, 
I don't know. I don't even know what I enjoy Mm -hmm. in terms of exercise because I've been so just on to the next one, on to the next one for so long. Very militant. And in the book, in the intuitive eating book, they talk about how to really like think twice, especially if you've been very military with your workouts, like doing extreme workouts every single day. Why are you you doing that? Number one. And um, is there a better way? Is there a more... I guess healthier way, honestly, to move. I feel like some. I feel like some of these workouts that are coming out now are just way too fucking balls to the wall. I yeah, like you get like injured. Well, yeah, I would throw my back out at least like once a month, right? From doing things that I like, I don't necessarily need to be doing. Now. Right, and so you really have to think about a. Do you? You don't have to be so crazy with your workout schedule. You don't have to work out seven freaking days a week, six days a week, five days a week on his calendar. Like you don't have to have that. Just if moving your body makes you feel good, which it does for every human being on this planet. If you like, don't have any like health conditions, we're just talking about somebody who's healthy. Moving your body really does energize you. It puts you in a better mood. It does all of these. It eliminates stress has all these positive benefits, but Are you doing the movement for weight loss? Are you doing the movement because you hate your body? Are you doing the movement because you want to burn calories because you ate something bad the day before? Or are you moving your body because the movement exercise that you're doing brings you energy, gives you um, like a boost of happiness throughout the day? Like, so if your crazy ass workout you're doing makes you want to die at the end and then you're dead all day, maybe let's do something else. Yeah. Well, and I even think, I think about one of my really good friends. She had a baby a few months before I did. And I remember talking to her. She called me so upset because she just could not get back in the swing of a routine mm-hmm. with her workouts. Mm-hmm. And we had this whole conversation. And, you know, for me looking at it, it was like, you're doing amazing. You're working out like a few times a week mm-hmm. with a new baby. Like that's amazing. Yeah. I'm proud of you. That's incredible that you're, you're able to do that. But she was beating herself up because she wasn't able to follow the workout calendar the way that it was designed. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's hard to take a step back when you've been so like balls to the wall with things for so long and really truly get back to the real reason that we want to work out. Yeah. So here's an, here's a suggestion for you as well. And this is kind of what I'm doing or well, I haven't worked out yet. So we're going to start this soon because I do like moving my body and yeah. I really, I, well, we're going to see if I do, I think I enjoy weightlifting. We shall see. Um, cause I haven't really done any weightlifting since I've given birth and same thing. I'm in physical therapy, therapy, same place that Jenna goes. And I finally got the green light to do some of the workouts, obviously extremely modified, which I'm kind of excited about. I'm not really mad about it. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to see I, the questions I'm going to ask myself while I'm doing the workout is as I'm doing it, am I like enjoying this? Am I feeling better as I'm in the workout? And then after the workout, like is my energy levels, have they gone up? Is my mood better? And if the answer is yes, then okay, I'm going to try it again. Like when, you know, when I feel like it the next day or maybe not the next day, who knows? But if my answer to those questions after I'm done is like, I'm dead, I'm burnt out. I don't feel good. I feel bad about myself. Then I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to try something else. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yep. All right. And that brings us to the last principle. Principle 10 is honor your health with gentle nutrition. 
And this is one I'm excited to talk about. I'm excited to teach you more about this, again, through our email series, on our social media, in our course launching this summer, because so many people are like, oh yeah, intuitive eating, like that's a bunch of bullshit because I would just eat cookies and donuts and crap all day long. Mm -hmm. Or they're like so strict with what they're eating already that they're just scared to like let it go. They almost believe that intuitive eating, like all health, not rules, but all um, nutrition information goes completely out the window. Yes. And that is not true. It's not. It's not. So basically what what principle 10 is going to help you with, it's going to help you choose foods that make you feel good mm-hmm. and just be very aware of that. Um, like for example, today, Lauren and I ordered lunch. I We really wanted Penn Station subs, Italian subs. Mm-hmm. They're so good. So good. And typically when we get Penn Station, we get fries and we get the cookie. If you've never had the Penn Station cookie, you are mm. missing out on life. It's so good. So good. Uh, but today we had a lot of work to do. We had some podcasts to record, obviously here we are. And I'm like, I don't really want fries. Do you want fries or, or cookie? And I'm like, actually, I kind of want a salad. So it's funny. We door dashed two Penn Station subs and then we door dashed a salad from Panera and split it. And we felt amazing. So there are times that you're going to get the healthy option just because you want it. Yes. And that's the also intuitive eating to kind of get more into the definition of that. Yes, it's eating what you want, but it's also being rational about it and thinking about how you're going to feel after you have that food. And so like today, we rationally thought through our meal choice. The sub was going to really satisfy us. It was going to fill our bellies. It was going to taste fucking great. It was going to be really yummy. But then the salad was also going to be something that was going to provide us with the energy because it had the vegetables and the nutrients and all of that that we needed to kind of pump through our day. But also satisfying. The salad was very delicious. It wasn't just like a bed of lettuce with oil and vinegar. It was a very good salad. So that's what you're going to need to think about when you get into principle 10. And the reason it's last, not that you have to go through these in, in order or whatever. Some might take longer than others. It's not linear. But the reason we talk about this last is because in the beginning, when you're like hitting diet bottom and you need to heal from dieting, you have to let nutrition go for the time being. Because if you keep your nutrition informant alive up in the healing stage, you're going to still be controlled by rules. You're going to still be controlled by fear of weight gain. So you're not going to actually heal. So in the healing process, you've got to let that nutrition side of your brain kind of go whoop and you got to make peace with food. And then once you make peace with food and you challenge the food police, then you can start getting back into like, okay, I, I understand that this food's a little bit more nutrient dense than this food. And it's going to give me more energy. Then you can get into that. Yeah. You can't do it in the beginning. No, you can't. And that this is what's going to help you get rid of that perfectionism, that like all or nothing mentality and feel like you have to be like on or off, good or bad, all of that. And just know that one snack that's Oreos or one meal that's a donut or whatever you do ain't going to do shit. It's not going to do anything to your health. It's not going to do anything to your weight. It's not going to do anything. And that's what you are going to understand once you work through all 10 of these principles is that food is not the enemy. We have to just have that body. um, What was that? Body, mind, congruence, Mm -hmm. body choice, body choice, congruence. We have to understand that food is food, but also it's okay to love it. And that we are allowed to feel amazing. Mm -hmm. Like 
you're allowed to feel amazing in your food choices and in your body. And I feel like diet culture makes us either be miserable in our food choices so that we can be happy with our body mm-hmm. or you're happy with your food choices is what diet culture makes you believe. You're happy with your food choices and you hate your body. Yeah. That's not, that's stupid. That's not how it goes. That's, no, no, no. That's not how it should be. It's okay. not where happiness is. That's not where happiness lies. No. All right. So, so much we covered today. Um, we do not in any way, shape or form expect you to be able to like go use this episode to adapt all of these 10 no. principles. Oh, like, hell no. Hell no. There's a shitload of work that you got to do. Um, this is just meant to be a, a quick, brief overview introduction to the 10 principles so that we can continue to educate you and to continue to help you. Yes. Please stay tuned to more of our podcast episodes. Follow us on social media at fit.and.social and grab our free download. Like we've mentioned a million times throughout this, so that you can be on our email series. It's called ditch the diet, your first steps to intuitive eating, because you guys, we have a full blown course coming out this summer. That's going to literally walk you through all the 10 principles. We're going to talk about the five stages of intuitive eating as well in another podcast episode, but we're going to actually coach you through it so that you can become the intuitive eater and finally heal your relationship with food. Stay tuned. All right. Till next time.